Welcome to Energizer Podcast, the leading podcast that's energizing female leaders and CEOs to love the life they live. I'm your host, Tamika Chapman. Welcome to another amazing episode of Energizer. I am your host, Tamika Chapman, and today I am joined by some amazing people, okay? As you can see scrolling across the bottom of the screen, Life After Divorce, Turning Pain Into Power. The phenomenal people you see on the screen has written a chapter in this phenomenal book. And I say phenomenal, not in, in, in a space that is a great, great thing that everybody should go do it, but we all have gone through things in our lives. And for this group of people, they have a common thing, a common thread that they've shared, and that is divorce. But as you can see, that they're still living. They are still living. They're smiling, the beautiful smiles, because they have learned how to move on in their lives after divorce. So I'm excited to speak to them, and I hope that you all are ready to receive them. So we're going to get started with talking, um, allowing each one of them to introduce themselves. So we'll start with you, Dana. Can you please um, introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yes, my name is Dana Watson, and I am the visionary of Life After Divorce, Turning Pain Into Power. I am a healing transformational coach. I am a published author. I am a speaker, group facilitator, a woman who wears many hats. <laughs> um, so I'm also proud to say I am one of the co-hosts of Curves, Curls, and Crowns, a vocal um, global TV. Let's go right there. Um, and so I'm excited about being here. I have some awesome co-writers with me on today. This is just some of them. And so, yeah, we're excited about this interview on today. Awesome. Awesome. I can't wait to dive in. So let's move over to Miss Amber. Please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Hey, y'all. My name is Amber Bynum. Um, I am a, this is the second book I'm a, actually part of. Um, I am native to North Carolina, a mother of three. Uh, I'm a, an artist. I'm an abstract artist. Uh, that's the business that I have. I'm also a poet. I'm working on several um, uh, several different books to be published. Um, I'm very, very excited to be part of this particular book and uh, for us to actually get our stories out and to help others in their healing and transformation. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay. All right, Miss Rachel, please share with us who you are, a little bit about who you are. 
Yes, I am Rachel Hunter. I'm the owner of RDH Counseling and Consulting, where we are passionate about helping people heal and become their healthiest selves. And I'm excited to take part in this anthology as well and be able to share a little bit about my story and to help others grow through the pain of divorce. Absolutely, absolutely. And Mr. Antoine Hine, <laughs> please share with us about, you know, a little bit about who you are. All right. I'm the one male that's in the group. Definitely bringing the male perspective, but definitely um, I feel all different things um, these young ladies have gone through and have gone through my own self and definitely feel to build on this to my life. Um, so my name is Antoine Hines. I'm the owner of Triple S Consulting and Coaching, uh, helping and supporting uh, Black uh, businesses, Black nonprofits, and Black families build wealth, uh, close the wealth gap, and, and work together to um, make a better place for all our families and all across the world. Um, I also am the owner and CEO of Black Systemic Equity Incorporated, in which we are a consulting firm, um, working with corporations and um, chapter-based organizations to collaborate and work together and create contracts um, throughout. Uh, and I have several other hats, national hats. Definitely, if you find me on social media, I'm doing everything black. So black NAACP, Urban League, um, Black Lives Matter, black um, HBCs, all those different things. So definitely all those things to pass down to, to my daughter and my community. In other words, Mr. Antoine is the man, okay? <laughs> the man with the plan. <laughs> all right, awesome. Thank you for sharing, Antoine. I appreciate that. Um, all right, so let's talk about the book itself because that's why y'all here, right? We're going to talk about this book. We're going to talk about the mission of this book. So, Dana, um, if you can hear me, please share with us. Oh, actually, she, she'll be back. Okay, so we're going to just hop right into the book, and when she comes back, we'll talk more about her, about why she created this book. But, Rachel, let's start with you. You know, so when we think of the word divorce, a lot of times we think that that's just the worst word ever, right? And I know for me, um, if I was to even think about it, it's like such a heavy weight upon me to think about ending something that I've been a part of for whatever length of time it, it has been. So can you share with us like your journey? What did that look like for you leading up to your divorce? What, you know, what, what, what? What was it about you having to go through your divorce that 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 made you say, okay, this is it? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. And I love what you mentioned when um, people think about the word divorce and even experiencing divorce. It is a really challenging thing, even if if you are the one initiating it. And I was the one that initiated it. And a part of uh, what I write about and the part for me that made it even more challenging, even though I knew this was over, I needed to go, um, was because as a Christian, there is a stigma connected to divorce. Um, it was very challenging. And a part of what I write about is that idea of divorce, God's feelings, hearts, and thoughts towards divorce. Um, and, and it was hard. I stayed in for a lot longer than probably I should have um, because of that, of the guilt of the idea that I would be judged and seen as less than um, by others, especially in the um, 
church community. So it was challenging. Um, it was probably one of the most depressing times of my life. And um, I eventually was able to get to a place where I felt like God released me. And um, after leaving, uh, even though there was a weight off of my shoulder, there still was life to live afterwards. Yeah. And that was um, that was a trying time for me, but I learned and I grew um, a lot through that process. Absolutely. You talked about um, you felt that God had released you. I know that a lot of times we'll say, okay, God, please just if you give me a moment to give me a way out of this, I'll take that way out and I'll just walk. And then we get to the door and you're like, you know what? But I'm going to just give it one more time. Yes. One more time, right? And a lot of times we go through that time after time after time because we are, it's that uncertainty of what's on the other side of that door once you walk out, right? Mm -hmm. um, so Amber, please share with us, you know, did you experience, you know, the, the getting to the door part more than once before you decided, you know, okay, th this is it. I have to go. Is, this is not working. This is not what life is supposed to be like for me. Can you share with us your journey leading up to you having to say yes to divorce? You're on. You're on mute, Amber. There we go. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I most definitely did go through that same uh, pattern of Jesus let me out, and if I can get out, I'm gonna go. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna stay because this is my comfort zone. Like. Um, yeah. I've been married since I was 19. Um, so um, this is my second marriage, but I went from one marriage basically to another marriage. And I, like for 16 years, I stayed in that cycle of um, this isn't this isn't healthy. Let me get out. But then I didn't want to get out because one, it was my comfort zone. So and then now I'm on the other side of it. It's, it's a big adjustment because, like I said, I've been married since I was 19. So I really haven't been a single adult. I don't know like how to be a single adult. So it's challenging. Um, yeah. And the the guilt and the shame, so to speak, that is associated with being a Christian and getting a divorce, it really weighed heavy on me because my, my um, relationship with God is like the leading source of my life. And then having to actually say, okay, I'm going to get a divorce and fear of not having support of uh, my pastors or not having support of my church members, like all of that way to uh, played a part in my actual decision to go forward. I had to take a step back and say, what does Amber want? Like, what is God telling Amber to do? Not what does other people want? What does my ex-spouse want? But what do you want? Like, what do you see your life being? And I had to make that tough decision and um, have that tough conversation with my ex-husband that this is toxic. I'm not just, it's not just you being toxic to me. It's I'm being toxic to you as well. So uh, we had to have that long conversation and actually come to the consensus that divorce is what's best for us. And that's uh, what happened. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, that's a lot. And I would tell you, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I always say that my husband knew what he saw. Okay. He snatched your girl up when she was just a baby. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going on 24 years in February that's coming. So I love the, the idea of a union. I love the idea of marriage, but also I do know that it's work. It's not just, 
you know, we're in it and it's all lovey-dovey all the time. Because it's not. That man get on my nerves every single day, okay? Um, but Antoine, you know, as the man of this anthology, the man of this project, let's talk to you. Because a lot of times, you know, something that Dana mentioned earlier, a lot of times we, when we think about divorce, we think about it's the man's fault. The woman has to leave because the man just has just done something totally wrong. Um, but please share with us like your journey leading to divorce. Like what was the 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 straw that broke the camel's back, if you will, um, leading up to you saying yes to divorce? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I tell people that baffles them, I say I tell them I thank God for my th divorce, um, because without my divorce, I wouldn't have got saved. Um, I found God through that. I, sh I, I um, faked it for numerous years and um, sung in the choir, went to church and everything, but didn't really feel it and really didn't really um, see. And he used my weaknesses definitely to, to lead me to him. And through that divorce and through that, I grew and I transformed because um, I knew at that bottom place that where I wanted to be a, a real man, where I wanted to be a, a, a real husband um, and later in life and where I wanted to be a real father to my daughter uh, definitely, I fought for my um, marriage. I definitely went to my pastor. I read the Bible. I, I went to classes. I went to counseling. I, you know, I gave and I gave and I gave, but I was being abused, basically emotionally abused and taken for granted for the things and stuff. And I wasn't with the right person because I didn't have God in my heart when we got married and it was out of lust and other things. And definitely it was not built on a foundation. And one of the main things that it wasn't built on friendship. Because mm -hmm. after eight years with my um, ex-wife, I asked her, were we ever friends? Wow. And she couldn't answer that. And I knew that that not only did we not have the connection with God to save our marriage, we didn't have friendship as a foundation to continue on. So it was a it was a both ends of this doesn't need to be. Definitely, it was a blessing to have our daughter, but at the same time, it was a blessing to be separate so we can find others that need to and be able to be fulfilled with the gifts that we have to give to others. So definitely, it is a better part of our lives, a better transformation, and a better building of my daughter's life because her mental health is much better with yeah. us apart than together. Yeah, wow. Like... When I think about my children, you know, we always say, well, I can't do this because I have kids. I don't want my kids to be broken. I don't want them to go through a lot of the stuff that we know kids can go through when their parents are not in the same home or when there's chaos in the home. But sometimes separating leads to peace um, for everybody, especially the kids, especially the kids. Um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to come to Miss Dana because I want to learn about her creating the the idea from creating this book we've heard from so far three amazing um authors in this book and talking about their journeys so i want to ask you what made you say yes to creating this book because a lot of times people are going to look at you sideways like she's talking about divorce like we don't want we don't talk about divorce like we keep that in the house right so let's talk about why you said yes to pushing out this book and why it's important for it to be right now so i always realized that my story um is not as unique as 
I think it is. Like we all we all feel like, oh, no one has ever walked in my shoes. No one knows how I feel. No one um, has experienced the things that I've gone through when it comes to pain and trauma. And that is far from the truth. And the more that we talk about it, the more we share our story, I believe that more healing can take place amongst our community. We can stop walking in shame. We can stop walking in embarrassment because you are not alone. And so I was sitting on my couch one day and God just put it in my heart write the book, turning pain into power. And I was like, yeah, I have a story to tell about this, about divorce, but it's so many other people who have a similar story to tell. And that's how I came up with um, creating an anthology book because I wanted to find others who were willing and able to tell their story of how they were able to turn their pain into power. And so it was just a spur of the moment. I was sitting on my couch and I promise you the same day it came to mind, that's the day I actually posted it on Facebook. Like I'm looking for co-writers. So no, I did not give it a long thought at all. When it came to mind, I put it out there because I know how I am. A lot of stuff comes to my mind and I would just brush it to the side and it's like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it next year. But I knew it was something that came to my heart and it needed to be done right now. And that's exactly what I did. Amazing. Amazing. And I do understand about go ahead on and doing it. Okay. Success loves speed. Um, yeah. And it seems as if you have definitely been successful with finding um, others who are willing to share their journey. And I do know that uh, when we share our journey is releasing somebody else. It's releasing them from that bondage, that mental bondage that they're in because they don't know what to do. They don't know how to move forward. You know, they don't know what it looks like. Will I be able to smile again? Will I have a life? Um, will I be able to find someone that'll love me later in life? What does life look like? So yeah. I, that's what I want to talk about right now. What does life look like? Well, before we get into that, let's talk about your chapters. Because I, I, listen, I just got all these questions that I want to know, okay? Um, but let's talk about your chapters. Please share with us the title of your chapter and just the... Um, the meaning behind you writing the chapter that you wrote. So you don't have to tell us everything, but just tell us the meaning behind the chapter that you wrote. So at this one, we're gonna start with Amber, if you don't mind, Amber, tell us the title and you know the meaning behind your chapter and what are you hoping that others will take away from your chapter? Of course. Um, so the name of my chapter, um, I actually got the chapter name after I started writing. Um, it's called Hidden Treasures. Um, because in my journey of post-divorce life and um, actually day-to-day -day life adjusting, I have really found who I am. And in that, I have found that I am important and my voice does matter. And what I say has value. So um, in uncovering everything that I have gone through from the beginning of this relationship that I had to the end of it leading up to divorce, um, I went through a lot of different emotional roller coasters and that they weren't always all his fault. A lot of them were self-inflicted. And in that, it took a lot for me to actually own up to that fact that, hey, some of this is your fault too. Because like you said, a lot of people who go through divorce always automatically blame the man. Oh, he did her wrong. So she getting a divorce. That's not what the case was in mine. Um, and I want I wanted to be as transparent as I could to allow other women who were in the same shoe or even other men that were in the same uh, situation that I was in to be able to be vulnerable enough to be honest. 
So that's what my whole chapter is about is actually giving the honest feedback of I was wrong too. I did X, Y, Z. It wasn't all his fault. But in that being honest, it literally brought it um, opened the doors for healing for me. So I found the gem that is inside me and which is why I named my chapter Hidden Treasures. I love that Hidden Treasures. <laughs> A lot of meaning behind that. I love it though. I love it. Um, <laughs> so let's go with Antoine. Antoine, tell us the, the title of your chapter and the meaning behind why you wrote it. Okay. Um, so my title um, for my chapter was um, Breakthrough in the Valley. Um, mm -hmm. And definitely as you, you know, understand a valley being just being probably dark and secluded and alone and just, you know, thorn, thorns and everything. So I, I went through a lot of things um, growing up, molestation. My, my mom went through the, um, uh, domestic violence. I, I seen two different husbands um, that beat on my mom. I have memories of those PTSD. Um, I definitely going through homelessness when I got out of the military, uh, suicidal um, thoughts, uh, definitely, and, and definitely went into a relationship that was, I was being abused, emotionally abused and stuff through it itself. And um, definitely my part was in it, her part was in it, and definitely just the ups and downs in the mental health journeys and just not knowing what direction to go. And it was a valley. But at the same time, God gave me the opportunity to connect with great people, connect with great um, organizations, to join the military and do different things, have different education opportunities, have a daughter that's going to grow and, and be awesome. Um, definitely have the opportunity to, to talk to other men and know that they have rights, know that we have the opportunity to work with other women and everything and, and make sure that we are that father in the household, regardless if we're in there physically or not, we are still responsible and, and to step up. And so my breakthrough was basically saying I can be a man, I can be a father, and I can be someone that someone depends on. And my daughter can look up to me and be the awesome woman that she needs to be and see other great women out there. And I can show her those women and, 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 and speak great words of wisdom, great words of uh, blessings about her mom, because her mom is a great mom. Regardless of how our divorce went, she is a great mom and she will always be her mom. And I will never downplay her. And so our relationship didn't work, but our parenting is going to work. Amen. Come on. You better tell them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. I love that. I love that breakthrough in the valley. Um, I love that. And so, Miss Rachel, please share with us the title of your chapter as well as the meaning behind it. So my chat, first off, I am getting chills just listening right. to how everyone is impacted and how we haven't allowed divorce to be the end for us. Um, my chapter is called Life After Divorce, Reconnecting with God. And mm -hmm. that was important for me because as I was going through um, the stress of dealing with what was happening in the relationship. And I was thinking about divorce and then finally going through the separation. Um, there was a part of me that felt guilty and felt shamed and felt 
really condemnation. And so when we begin to feel like that, um, there's a part of us that, sh that shies away from God. And as we're shying away, there is a wall that comes up. And that really blocked me from having the level of intimate relationship with God that I had previously. And um, it took a while for him to kind of break through that wall and for us to really be able to reconnect again. And it took me going through that process to recognize and to see, just like what some of the other uh, authors were saying, it took me a while to see that some of the way I had been thinking, my mindset, my beliefs, um, the divorce really did allow me and, and God was able to use that divorce to challenge some of my religiosity and my beliefs about things. And so this whole process really helped me to come back to God, but to reconnect with him in a very authentic and genuine way in which it was relationship and not religion. And so that, you know, is, is the purpose of me writing that chapter really is to help others that are going through divorce, considering it, like, you know, you're in an unhealthy relationship um, to recognize that you don't have to separate from God, even though you're separating from your spouse. And I think that's really on the heart of God that people recognize that, that I still love you. I, I, my heart towards you has not changed. And so right there, I'll put a pen in it. So yeah. <laughs> You're going to tell us everything. Okay. And I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I appreciate you all sharing, you know, hidden treasures, breakthrough in the valley, reconnecting with God. Like all of these are pieces of, um, I believe the pieces of us as adults, as humans, when we are facing, you know, these decisions, these big decisions, these life-changing decisions, we're always thinking about, okay, you know, where am I? Who am I? Like, what is my worth? What is my value in all of this? Where do I stand in all this? What about me? You know, that used to be a question I used to ask all the time. What about me? But then also having that breakthrough, Antoine, having that breakthrough um, and understanding that you have a greater mission in life. Like, what are you going to do? You have a greater mission. So you can't just buckle down and just lay down and take it. Cry for 60 seconds and get on up and let's, let's, let's get to work. Let's make some things happen. And then reconnecting with God, like that's been my biggest thing along the way of just wanting to truly have that connection with God, because I believe that our faith and our belief is what's, it, what, it's what keeps us, is what keeps us whole and not totally gone because Antoine talked about, you know, the mental health challenges and the suicidal um, challenges that he faced and having God in your life. Definitely. I do know is what has you still here, Antoine. Right. Um, so Dana, please share with us. Did you write a chapter in the book um, as well? Yes, I actually have. I wrote the introduction um, that talks about the statistics of divorce. And then um, also I have two chapters. My first one is called Life After Marriage. Um, it talks about the, well, it's called Life After Marriage, Anger, Depression, and Acceptance. And mm. so I talk about how life was as soon as we got married and it was not what I thought it was going to be. It was not that fairy tale marriage. <laughs> I remember we got into an argument as soon as we got back from our honeymoon. And I was like, wait a second, what is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just said I do. 
but also how we ignore the red flags before the marriage. Yeah. So I talk about that. I talk about the settling it up of how we ignore those red flags because it's not as bad as the previous relationship was. And so we kind of set ourselves up for failure because we're not, we're not taking the signs that's thrown in our face and we're not using that to make wise decisions. And so once the marriage is over, we go through that grief process where we start out being angry. I was angry as I don't know what with my spouse. I pointed fingers at him. And it took a while for me to, as Amber stated, acknowledge the wrong that I did in my marriage. And so, you know, being angry and then the depression part, like, woe is me, Lord, why do I keep going through this? Those questions constantly went through my head. And then finally get into that place of acceptance that this was not an ordained marriage by God. I learned that by my, from my therapist that, yeah, we loved each other, but was it ordained by God? Yes, we said our vows before the Lord, but was it ordained by God? And I can honestly say that that marriage was not ordained by God. So that's what that chapter is about. My second chapter is turning, uh, using your pain as your secret weapon. I am who I am because of the pain that I have experienced in my life, not just from the divorce, but going all the way back from my story of domestic violence when I was engaged to get married the first time, going to the losing my mom, from liver cancer and I feel I was feeling like I was lost and through that grieving process here I am going through a divorce from the man I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with but we actually get to choose are we going to be a victim to our pain or are we going to take this pain and use it as our secret weapon to heal to get ahead in life to start a business to be able to experience what true love really looks like and so that's what my two chapters are about I'm excited about all of the chapters because I'm the only one who got to read everybody's <laughs> chapters. But it came together really, really good. Like I had to play around and move chapters so they can fit with one another and everything just flowed perfectly. So I can't wait for all of the other writers to read the book because I promise you it's, it's a it's a bestseller. Let me just say that. I can't wait either. I, I can't wait to read it too because I'm definitely um, going to be supporting you all. Um, throughout the launch and everything else. So listen, you said something, you said, was it ordained by God? I think that's a question that we should be asking ourselves right. before, you know, before the first time. And I believe that this, this message of, is it ordained by God um, should be the question that we should be asking ourselves, you know, for any lady out here, um, you know, we're on Energizer. So if you're a woman and you are in a relationship, if you are questioning whether this is the right relationship, you really need to seek your higher power. For me, is God, Jesus. He's my bro. Um, so you need to find out, you know, figure out, is your relationship ordained by God? Is, would, he be, would he be happy with what y'all are doing? You know what I'm saying? Um, so I would, I love that. I love that you said, is it ordained? Well, was it ordained by God? And the answer was no. And a lot of times we want to turn away from those red flags. Um, don't turn away from the red flags because the red flags, you know, they flags right now. But when you say I do, they become stop signs, like hard metal stop signs. <laughs> like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> so listen, I'm enjoying this. So I have one more question. Like, okay, I know we're running short, we're running short on time, but I have another question I want to ask each of you. Life after divorce. How is life now after your divorce? 
What does life look like for you right now? How does it feel right now? What it, you know, did you feel release? Did you feel relief? Like, did you, did you feel, you know, there's no more pressure on you to perform and be a certain um, person while you were there into who you are now? Do you feel free to just be yourselves? Like, talk to us about what life is like right now after divorce for you. So we're going to start with Miss Amber. So my one word of life after divorce is freedom. Uh, while I was married, I was put on the front for everybody. Like uh, my ex-husband wanted a trophy wife, so to speak. Um, and I talk about that a little bit in my chapter. And it really, I really changed the person that I was. Like growing up in school, I was a nerd. Like I like nerdy things. I like anime and uh, Pokemon. And like I dressed in all black for a, long, for a very long time. That's just who I was. And then I get, I get into this relationship and I, I uh, out of fear of losing him, I was like, well, let me adjust and change who I am so that I'm making him happy. So um, fast forward to where I'm at now, I'm free. Like I can be me. I've birthed two businesses. Um, I can do whatever I want to. Not, I mean, within reason, obviously, but like I'm, I'm literally free. That's what, that's where my life is right now. I'm free. Amazing, amazing. All right, Mr. Antoine, please tell us life after divorce for you. What does it look like? Well, it looks like healing. I, I think when we think about pain, we think about the pain just in that moment, but we don't think about the healing that comes along with it. And definitely not only did I go through the pain, that, but I'm living in the moment of the healing. That's one thing we, we can't really say sometimes that we see the healing and we're living in it. And I can see God healing me, but also giving me the opportunity to help and heal others. And I feel that that's what this book is going to be about. And so all the ladies out here reading um, this book and listening to this right now, definitely this is going to be a healing for not only you, but also for that that um that gentleman or that divorced husband or whatever like that whoever out there that man that's going through issues definitely men go through a lot of emotional pain and we keep it on the inside and so i my chapter i definitely wanted to get that that there's opportunity to heal and as as opportunity to heal because we can come become friends definitely i pray um that me and my ex-wife become friends in the future for our daughter and our community at the same time i definitely know i am providing healing to other men as they see my transparency and see that I was abused also. I was taken advantage also. At the same time, I'm not going to stay laid down. I'm going to use my gifts and make sure that I can give to others. And I can um, work through these businesses, my nonprofits, all the things that I have and those skills that God has given me, I can pass it on to others and not keep it on the inside. And so that friendship that I'm building out of healing is definitely I have an awesome girlfriend right now, so definitely props up for my girlfriend. But <laughs> one time for the girlfriend. <laughs> it's so healing and friendship is all about it. That's where I go. Plug in about his girlfriend, right? Right. Listen, you want to energize the podcast? You better mention her. Okay? Yes, yes. That's why she's standing behind you right now, ain't she? <laughs> <laughs> he is well trained. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. All right. Um, so we have freedom. 
we have healing. You know, Ms. Rachel, what is life like for you after divorce? Man, it's delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> and I am loving it. Most, um, I think what stands out the most for me was, um, like Antoine said, the healing. Um, and, and not just the emotional healing, but the spiritual healing. Mm-hmm. And the progression that I've seen in myself um, mm-hmm. with being able to acknowledge uh, ma'am, sis, uh, you have some errors you need to tighten up on too, right? And yes. also connecting with my heavenly father in a way as his daughter. And um, that has just been life changing and I'm continuing to grow in that as well. So life after divorce has been delicious for me. <laughs> that <All right>. word. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> All right. And Dana, you know, we, we've heard, I've heard your journey before, right? But what is life like for you after divorce? Let me just say this. I have behaved myself this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Tamika, no, I have behaved myself. Because I usually act up. I be acting in a food in- interview. <laughs> I'm telling all my business to everybody. But two, Tamika already know my dating life has been crazy. It's That's a book bad self. But I was saying... <laughs> That's, I, if you're interested, I'm really considering life after the best um, dating chronicles. Okay. okay. <laughs> that one. I'm just saying, I'm going to put that out there right now. But um, <laughs> it's been a life of second chances to be able mm. to start over and actually be able to do it right. So, yeah, I was, I'm joking about the dating scene and stuff, but this time I'm doing it right because. Those red flags come up. I'm deuces real quick. Right. I'm not making the same mistake again. Like, I can't. I can't. But Amber and Antoine, they both touched on my words. One, freedom. And then two, healing. And I was just throwing this third word, purpose. Mm, come on. Come on. I love this. this. This has been amazing. Y'all are feeding me, even though I'm not at that point. I could be. Don't, no, don't. One more, one more day, one more day to get on my last good nerve. Let me stop. Let me stop. I want this life. It's hard on, on this side of the street. <laughs> you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day. I said I don't envy anybody who is single, especially in today's time. Like, oh my gosh, I don't even. I can't even imagine what life was like. It's been so long for me. I feel like it's been about fifty years since I was in the dating scene. But I can't imagine what life is like right now to be in the dating scene of trying to find someone to spend the rest of your life with. And hopefully, and I pray that each of you do, if that's something that you're seeking. Antoine, she got you on lock, so he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, bills for Antoine. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as we got friendship, I ain't going another right. eight, eight years without friendship and right. God. That's right. right, right. I always said that when I married someone, I wanted them to be able to make me laugh at any given moment. Yeah. And didn't I didn't really, you know, as I was young and back in the day at that point, but I didn't know that I was manifesting what it was I really wanted in life. But I tell you right now, even though my husband can get on my last good nerve, he can come in right now while we're on this interview and just stand at the door, do something just totally stupid. I'm going to bust out laughing. And I love that 
um, because it keeps our it, it keeps our relationship. You know, it keeps the relationship fun. It keeps it going. And it's, it's, you want that friendship. You want somebody that you can laugh with. Somebody who's going to find laughter and call you corny when you corny, right? <laughs> so thank you all for being here with me tonight and sharing about your your chapter in the Life, Life After Divorce, Turning Pain Into Power book. I do know that it's going to be a powerful book. Dana's already said it's going to be a number one bestseller. I'm going to say this is going to be a number one international bestseller because there are men and women across the globe who, um, who are suffering, who is stuck. They are like mentally stuck and physically stuck because they don't know exactly what to do. And a lot of times we're stuck because we don't know what's on the other side of that decision. So you're writing your stories and allowing them to see how you're living your life will hopefully give them the courage to say, enough is enough. I can't take it anymore. You know, this is enough. They can reach out to find someone that can help them get out. And if that's you, if one of you are, are people in a profession that actually can help them, by all means, I pray that they reach out to you. But I, I, I feel that there are so many men and women who really need to hear um, and read what it is that you all um, have written in this book. So before we go, last thing, um, I ask everybody to give me an energizing word for our audience. What is something that you can say that's going to energize the woman who looks like you, Amber? What will you tell her? What can you tell her right now that's going to release her um, into living life, into taking, making that decision and being okay with the, this, with the decision because it needs to be made? What will you say to her? I say, do you, boo? Like at the end of the day, we all know when we reach that point that it's time to make that decision. Um, have the courage and the wherewithal and the bravery and the audacity to actually choose you. Like make that decision and move forward. If you know that you're in a toxic or harmful situation, get out of it. Like you do have the courage. You matter enough to make that decision for you. I love that. I love that. All right, Miss Rachel, please share with us what your message would be um, to a lady who looks just like you, who's going through the same situations that you have gone through. Um, what would you say to her right now? I'm like, girl, look, come on. <laughs> what we not fitting to do is to be sitting here upset, depressed, not feeling fulfilled. Come on, we got to do this. Let's go. Let's go. We have, we have, um, my sister always says, get after your purpose. We got to get after our purpose. Come on. Uh -uh. Mm -hmm. Listen, think about the you of next year. Mm -hmm. She is going to be so happy and so proud that you did what you needed to do. It's going to be hard. It might be challenging, but come on, pull, pull, let's put our big girl panties on. Let's get this going. And we are going to reward ourselves. This is going to be challenging, but we got this. We're not in this by ourselves. Our Heavenly Father is going to take care of us, and, and we're going to do this thing. And our life is going to be so delicious. Uh, come on. Come on, sis. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I love it. I love it. All right. And Mr. Antoine, you know, there are men out here. As you mm -hmm. said, you are, um, you are the example for other men who are going through, whether that's emotional abuse, um, physical abuse, whatever that, whatever that is, what is 
an energizing word that you can give to him to let him know, hey, there is life after this decision of divorce. So mine's is going to go to both the lady and the, the gentleman and everything is, is the word is vulnerability. And it's mm -hmm. OK for you to tell him it's OK to be vulnerable with mm -hmm. with you to tell you his deep, dark secrets so that he doesn't um do things that he shouldn't be doing in the marriage. And I say be vulnerable to the guy, to the, ne the next black man, black man. It's OK to be vulnerable because we need to show our feelings. We can be a we, we can be an awesome father, be a strong man at the same time, be vulnerable and and, and listen to that mental health therapist and be healing on the inside so that you can fulfill your purpose in life for whoever you're supposed to be with and, and make sure that you're the best person that you can be every morning that you wake up. Because we want to look in the mirror and be proud and be happy to see that person. And then those people out there, they want to be happy to see you, that you are doing great things and they want to live just like you're living. So be vulnerable and be happy. Wow. That's a word. Be vulnerable and be happy. I love that. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Amber, Rachel, and Antoine. I appreciate you all. And Dana, what it would be your energizing word to a woman who has, you know, gone through abuse in her marriage, right? And who is trying to make that decision. She's she's trying to reach for the door. She's trying to get there. What would be an energizing word that you can give to her for her to be okay with making that decision? Yes, I have two words that I would share with the energizers out there. The first one is that you trust your gut. Trust your gut before, during, and after the marriage. Um, the reason why you want to trust your gut is because the truth is inside of you. And a lot of times we doubt ourselves. So you do have to walk with more confidence, more confidence and 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 willingness to believe that you can make it without a lot of times we stay in bad situations, like Amber said, because of our comfort zone. But there is so much power inside of you. So that's my second word for you all to use the power that God gave you. For those of you who are believers, when we trust our gut, that is the spirit of God. That is desert, a discernment. Yeah. a discerning spirit and that God would never lead you astray. So you just, just believe and trust in God that he has you in the palm of his hand and that if you trust in God, your prize is at the end. Your, your, your treasure is at the end. Your gems is at the end of that crossroad. I love this. I love this. Listen, I thank you all for, again, I thank you all for coming on and sharing with me um, tonight about, life after divorce, turning pain into power, because you all truly have turned your pain um, into power. I, I Listen, you all are smiling. Y'all have some amazing things happening in the world. You make an impact around the globe. And I'm excited to just say, I talk to each and every last one of y'all. Well, y'all, listen, y'all doing some things. Y'all just remember me, okay? Just remember to say, yeah, Tamika, I talked to her that one time. When I was telling her what I was going through and how I, how I came over. Um, but I appreciate you all um, sharing your journeys, sharing, you know, your journeys in this book because it's going to release others. Um, so thank you all for being here, being my guest here at Energizer. And for my listening audience and my viewing audience, thank you all for tuning in to another amazing episode of Energizer with Tamika Chapman. We are here airing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time 
only on the Mogul TV Global Network, where you can watch us on Roku or Amazon Fire TV, as well as our web app at themoguls.tv. So thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you next Sunday with another amazing episode with Energizer. Y'all have a good night. Bye.